0: Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's another Victory Monday on football and random things. Uh, and the Cyclones are officially, once again, the co-leaders in the Big 12 Conference as we head into the month of November. Hello, Jeff Woody. How are you doing today? am doing
1: terrific. That was, uh, it's nice to have a refreshing, kind of a dud 30-point win, you know, where just like, yeah, it was fine. The game was fine. They played okay, but they and they still won by thirty. Right. It's not very often when
0: Iowa State wins a game by thirty points, and we can sit here and be like mad about some stuff. Well, it could be better. Yeah, it could have been right. better. Right. All right. Where do you want to start with this game? Um, I mean, I, I I don't know. There, it, it was just one of those games where there was like there was a lot of good stuff, but at the same time, it's just like it was also meh because of the fact that you're playing Kansas.
1: Mm-hmm. And the, I think the thing that, I mean, the two things that we can for sure say about this Iowa state team is that their defense is good. They are a solid fundamental defense that makes everything on the opposing offense difficult, you know, like no matter who they're playing. Cause you look at, I mean, what is the most, I, I was going to, I had this kind of passing thought when I was working. It was like, I don't know the number of total offensive touchdowns allowed in any, in any game so far as three maximum, right. In any, in any game, just because in Louisiana, there was three, there was one big play in the kind of end of the game. And then one at the end of uh, so three against Louisiana, three against Oklahoma state two and all the rest or uh, TCU. I forgot, but it, either way, it's a really, consistent defense that makes things difficult on the opposing offense and really trusts you to screw it up. And it forces you to make decisions that you don't normally, that you don't want to make. And with a kid you know, they can they said it like 300 times, but when you have an 18 year old quarterback who's been 18 for two days is a true freshman. I mean, does, has not seen a lot of, football it's a really bad defense for Kansas specifically to go up against so the thing number one that you can say about Iowa State is her defense is really good thing number two you can say about Iowa State is Brees Hall is really good and both of those things held true for the sixth straight week or sixth straight game is the defense was really solid and Brees Hall played really well
0: yeah I will say one thing about that Jalen Daniels man he's raw but that kid can throw like he was throwing some fastballs Kick and throw
1: the football. <laughs> oh, I was, uh, I was watching that at, at uh, Fiance's parents' house. And um, there was a couple people that they had over. And, and I was like, you know, in, in baseball, when they bring in a reliever that just throws 103, and he doesn't have to actually throw a changeup or a curveball. He just throws a 103-mile-an-hour fastball. And it's like, dude, I dare you to catch it. That's what Kansas quarterback did. That Daniels kid threw... Sometimes you know, like a deep fade, you want to like take some take some stank, or like the Russell Wilson, throw it up in the air, or whatever. Like a a five yard kind of hitch route where you have to drill it. But then other times when it's like a a two yard dig route where you don't want to throw it ninety seven miles an hour because they got to catch it and run. He only had one speed, Mm -hmm. so like every slant, every hitch, every vertical, every dig, everything was thrown as hard as he possibly could. And he's got a cannon. So like, I kind of, I kind of feel bad for the receivers being like on some routes on some it was really good, but like some routes, it's like, dude, just, I need you to take like 10 miles an hour off of this ball for me to be able to catch it. Right. And it's,
0: it's funny because then like there were certain plays that they would run. I mean, they ran, they were running like those slants and things like that. And you could just tell that when he, when they run those routes that are basically just like take the snap and throw the football, like he's pretty good, you know, just take the read out of everything. But uh, I don't know. That kid might end up being pretty good. He, yeah, he was, he was okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, in comparison Les, to other Kansas quarterbacks, less is he, I mean, he's only been there for a full one, full recruiting cycle. Um, and for the most part, the kids that he's brought in have big 12 talent. Like they right. have enough talent, but assuming that you have five consecutive hit years, you're not going to be like good for another five, right? Like, so you're, you're looking at being a quality team when the majority of your team then is uh, are kind of in the leadership and what the culture should be. And then you can kind of turn it over with new talent and whatever. So like Kansas is still like seven years out. So they're terrible right now, but yeah, I mean, assuming everyone stays together, they have, I mean, they could be not terrible in like five to seven years.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, I think even like next year, I, I mean, it, when those guys are like juniors and seniors, they're not going to be good, but they'll probably be good enough to win a game. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to get beat by 30 on average. Right. Yeah. I, like that was kind of what I took away from it. I was like, man, I mean, these guys are really young and like, they, they have some people who have talent. I mean, like the quarterback was, I, I liked that quarterback. I thought that that freshman running back they brought in number zero, the, uh, you're 20 number 20 the backup not the starter uh Shah, I think is his name yeah, he's yeah. The, he's the one who scored the touchdown on the wildcat I thought he was I thought he was pretty solid um that defensive tackle that they had that's a freshman I thought he was okay um and then uh that number that number 1 the defensive back the one
1: that housed the kick return
0: yeah yeah he uh it was really funny there was a point where they were um it was in the first half I think it was Iowa State's touchdown where they like the drive where they ended up throwing the touchdown to Charlie in the back of the end zone. Um, there was a play where Brees went around the left side and he tried to spin that kid, and the kid grabbed him by the shoulder pads and kind of threw him down on the spin. I mean, Brees clearly was off balance, like, and the kid just got lucky, got a hold of his shoulder pads and was able to pull him down. And he started talking, uh talking trash to Brees. And it was like Brees like stood up and looked at him, and was like, okay. I'll see you again. And uh, <laughs> then like every, t- it just was funny. Every time I saw Brees, like get into the secondary. It was almost like I was waiting for that moment when that kid was going to come and Brees was just going to try and run over him. And yeah, uh, it, I don't know that he ever really did, but eventually he ended up being the one that Xavier Hutchinson uh, caught the pass and broke the tackle and went for a touchdown. And I was like, yeah, that's why you don't like that kid really liked to talk. For the fact mm. that his team was down by 20 points.
1: Right. But you're Kansas. So, like, you don't really know any other difference. I mean, I don't think they've held a lead in a game. Maybe uh, they, have, they, had a lead. they had
0: the lead against West long. Virginia, not for very long, but uh, so they have held a lead, just not a very prolonged one. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, I think that this was just like, it was another one of those games where, uh, where Brees has proven to just be a cheat code. Basically, at mm-hmm. this point, the one run that he had early in the game where the, he went around to the left, made a guy miss, and then cut it all the way back across the field.
1: I was like, dude, this kid is just crazy. Like, well, he knows. The thing is, is he just knows the pace that's appropriate. Yeah. And, like, it's not about being the fastest guy on the field. It's not about being, you know, the most athletic or the strongest or whatever. All those things help. But what will make a good running back good, or they understand how to vary in between those paces. So back to a pitching analogy, like, you know the best pitcher is not the one that throws 103. Like that, those pitchers are good, but the bet. You know, Greg Maddox threw 91, and was a Cy Young Award winner, and and was one of the greatest pitchers of all time, and he topped out at yeah at 91 in a fast day in his prime. But understanding the difference between fast and and faster, and the difference between slow and off balance, and setting up angles, and. Then, when you add the fact that Brees can just pop one open because he 's faster than everybody on the field and he's strong enough to with you know withstand tackles that 's when it starts to become special but his, his his the best thing that he has is his you know vision's a really hard thing to quantify, but it 's an understanding of what he I know as a running back, what you want, and i 'm going to use that against you and that 's what he does on almost every single one of his big runs and I thought or I, I I think I remember he has Three runs of sixty five plus yards and has like nine of thirty plus yards, and both of those lead the country so you it's he's such a tremendously talented back, but he's also incredibly smart,
0: yeah okay so here here's some stats for you has four fifty plus yard carries this season time for the most since nineteen seventy one uh, Blaze Bryant in 1989 is the uh, is, is who he's tied with. Has four career 50-yard touchdown runs, the most at ISU since 1971. Embrace's last 14 games, 1,714 rush yards, 20 rushing touchdowns, 2,027 scrimmage yards, 21 total touchdowns. Um, per ESPN stats and info, this is the fifth power five player since 2005 to have 100 yards and a rushing touchdown in each of his team's first six games. The other four... Uh, th- these guys are pretty good. Um, Adrian Peterson at Oklahoma in 2006, Tevin Coleman at in Indiana in 2014, Leonard Fournette at LSU in 2015 and Bryce Love at Stanford in 2017. And then I have one more for you. He is the fifth player power five player since 2015 with 900 plus rushing yards and 10 plus rushing touchdowns through six games. The other four Dalvin cook, Leonard Fournette, Chuba Hubbard, and Jonathan Taylor. All right, company to be in. And I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that those that those other four that had the 900-plus yards rushing and 10-plus touchdowns through six games didn't play five of their first six games against conference opponents.
1: Yeah, considering this is uh, 2020. So, so yeah, we're, we're spoiled. I mean, the fact that, you know, last year the story was – Brock Purdy and like all the things that he was able to do and all the things and yards and touchdowns and all the records that he was smashing. And then he put in Brees at the end of the year and the offense kind of did, you know, in, in November, it kind of like into December, into the bowl season, it kind of like got chunky because they weren't really sure uh, what to do. And kind of the book was out a little, at least a little bit on how to slow down the offense and, and, you know, whatever. I don't know what the book is on. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously Oklahoma State is going to – again, we, we talked about it. They are their own entity. Like you're not going to get another team that can play the way that Oklahoma State does or that they want to uh, because no one else is talented enough to do it on defense. Uh, but, I mean, find a way to slow down this offense if you don't have stud cover corners. If you don't have stud cover corners, you can essentially devote eight or nine to stop in the run. And even then he's still probably going to pop one open because again, Oklahoma state, he's still at 180 yards rushing and two or three of them came on these huge giant runs. So you can slow it down and slow it down and slow it down. He's still going to pop one. So it's just, that's a real, it's a luxury that Iowa state has in a running game that is so proficient that, you know, because he's so smart, good luck trying to stop it.
0: And the other thing that they have is that, you have a really good change up in kane uh, because as fast as Bree says it is, I mean, kane is even faster. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, he scored his third rushing touchdown of the season, had a career high 57 yards rushing on Saturday, you know, something that we haven't really gotten an opportunity to talk about is the, the, and we've kind of mentioned it at different times, but the, what the eligibility rules, the way they are, that's a guy that I would really love to see come back. And, uh, play again next season because i feel like Kanae. this is the first time in his career where he's really been able to be a
1: part of the offense and be healthy mm-hmm.
0: well
1: and he's you can actually tell it he, i would say that um you know if you put him under a barbell i would bet kane is stronger uh just physically you know can is when when he wants the knows angles so like he can get a, a good angle and drag someone for an extra three yards but if you just say oh, oklahoma drill style we're like all right you run into him like that kind of just pure strength. I think Kanae is probably a stronger running back. So they have, I mean, he's not necessarily their short yardage guy. I mean, that's still, that's an area that Iowa State is better at than they were last year, but still has a little bit that they need to improve on. Um, But at least in my opinion, but the, with Kanae, yeah, he's, I mean, that run that he had, that touchdown run, granted Kansas was split open like the Red Sea, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I mean, you're not going to, he busted angles in the very short time that he was, you know, accelerating because Kane is that fast. Right. Uh, all right.
0: There's, a, there is one other guy on this team that I think is basically like a cheat code in the sense that he's just more or less unstoppable. Uh, and that's Will McDonald who had, uh, had one sack on Saturday has five and a half this season, ten and a half in the last 10 games dating back to 2019. Uh, Will McDonald is now tied for eighth on Iowa State's career sack chart with 12 and a half sacks in his career. That kid is a different breed, dude. And we've talked about this, I don't know how many different times, but he is unblockable. You can't block him. You can only hold him. That's the only way that you can stop him from, from getting pressure on the quarterback. And even then, he
1: still will probably get pressure on the quarterback. And the fun thing is, is like the other side is you put him on the other side from Jaquan Bailey and Bailey will get a pressure or – Uh, wazarike, like I think Jaquan did have one or two sacks, one, one and a half, something like that. Uh, here he, he had one. Yeah. And, but in that sack, like the the guy that is the most under the radar is any Wazarike. And the reason why Bailey got that sack is because any had pushed the pocket into that quarterback's feet. He literally had nowhere else to go because any, and uh, I don't know if it was Bankston or Lee, but they closed off the other side And then uh, Bailey had done a really nice like swat and rip and is running unencumbered to a quarterback that can't move. So yeah, I mean, great. It's Kansas. So like they're, they were shuffling through like their second string offensive lineman into third string offensive lineman. And it's still Kansas offensive lineman, but yeah, it's really solid. And they, the other person I'm going to say is cheat code ish is Mike Rose. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can say, I think that was that was definitely a catch fumble in my opinion, but um, th- that play just in and of itself is incredible that he was just able to catch find the ball have enough control of a tight end not a not a not a little running or wide receiver slot back guy had enough control of the tight end to throw him down and rip the ball out at the same time. Like that's another really strong player. So I don't know is it's just one of those things that like Iowa State completely overmatched Kansas. The other funny thing with not um, thing that was noticed that like in the first quarter, first half of the first quarter, Iowa state came out guns a blazing. They were like, we are going to whoop your ass. And then they realized how bad Kansas was. And like, they kind of let up for a little bit, which allowed Kansas to sort of, I don't know, hang around longer than they should. Um, So I would say, I mean, they sleptwalked through the middle of the game, like the middle 50% from, you know, end of the first quarter into the middle of the third quarter. And then they were like, fine, let's finish the game out. And they finally picked it back up. But, um, yeah, if they go into next week against Baylor with the same intensity, they came out with, it's going to be another. I would imagine it's going to be another, not necessarily comfortable game in the same way that Kansas was. But if they play like they did in the first quarter, they beat the hell they beat Baylor by three scores.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, what's, another, what's the line coming on Saturday? I think it opened at eleven. Okay. I bet um, moved up. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, another thing that I thought was uh, was positive, and we talked about this a lot. Last week, especially on um, on this podcast, when we did it last Monday, uh, was just the need to get more people involved offensively. And you saw Landon Akers come up with six catches for 76 yards, which it turns out that he was hurt for that game against Oklahoma State. But I don't know how much of a difference that really would have made. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson had five catches, 87 yards. Charlie Clore had three catches. Sean Shaw, three catches. Brees, three catches. Joe Gates two catches, and uh, which one of them was after they – uh, taking Brock out, but uh, Dylan Sainer had one catch for five yards. And then Johnny Lang with one catch for one yard. Um, I mean, they, there was clearly a concerted effort to try and get more people involved
1: than what had been there previously. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, they recognized the same things that we did, which was, right. all right, if you shut down, you know, if you play the defense that Oklahoma state did, which is you can throw it to anyone other than 88 and eight, and you can give it to anyone except 28. We don't care. Those three guys, eight, 88, and 28. Review. I don't care. Anyone other than those three. And Iowa State against Oklahoma State wasn't able to do it. And against Kansas, I mean, they more or less was practice where they, you know, they were trying to find ways to get Landon Acres the ball, or they were trying to find, you know, ways to get Shaw in position. They, I mean, even Joe Skates. And I mean, I'm surprised Joe Skates got back in the game. Honestly, like after the so I call it a fireable offense is when he had a first down ran backwards, seven yards and then gained two more yards, but lost the first down in trying to make someone miss as a wide receiver, that lack of situational awareness. That's a fireable offense kind of thing where if you're a, if you're a coach, you know, if, if I'm a wide receivers coach and a guy does that, I'm like, just don't worry about it. Just take a helmet off, sit at the end of the bench. That is, you're going to learn seat. from your mistake this week. Take a seat, buddy. And so we ended up getting back in when Deckers was in the game, but yeah, I, I don't, I doubt he played, you know, meaningful snap, but a meaningful snap between then and, you know, getting in with the reserves kids talent He just doesn't know what he's doing, but yeah, like having Landon Akers and Xavier Hutchinson and even Sean Shaw to a point like Shaw had a lot of contested catches, which is good. Like that is what his game is or needs to be is that contested catch. You know the back shoulder fade or that dig route that's underneath right in front of a safety to try and back everything up he's not shaw doesn't have like four three four four speed but he's big and he has decent hands if you you know if he's able to to get in that kind of busy traffic area so it was good that acres got the ball in space that shaw was able to get you know that actually make something happen and that specifically regarding xavier hutchinson that he was able to get it on other routes. Like he was able to start building his route tree out a little bit farther where that touchdown that he scored was more or less a dig. Like it was, he caught that over the middle. It was kind of, it wasn't necessarily a slant. Like he was trying to build that to get to a safety rather than catching underneath a linebacker. So he was able to build his route tree out. So yeah, the passing game did better. Um, 30 mile an hour winds probably don't help that. And Mm -hmm. also the fact that you kind of don't care that it seemed again, between the middle of the f- first quarter and the middle of the third quarter, it kind of seemed like everyone's like, man, eh, whatever it's Kansas. They're terrible. We don't have to try that hard until they realized if you don't, then you're going to have to stay in for the entire game. You're not be able to get any, you know, you want to get off the field because you know, they're terrible. You're probably going to get your backups in, pick it up so we can go. So I don't know The Yeah. Passing game was improved. Still slept walk through the middle of the game, got it to guys they needed to. And Hunter Decker's got to sling it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kid played two
1: plays (laughs) and hell of a two plays. I mean, I don't know how much better a two play sequence you can have is put, you know, it's a play action boot to the left side. He's a left-hand quarterback. That's a different look. Uh, A lot of times you're going to boot the other way with a righty because it's just an easier throw. So it kind of sets up the offense a little bit different mechanism. Got it to Easton Dean, the fourth six foot six plus quarterback, and that was probably his first reception of his life. Tight end, tight end. Sorry, tight end. I bet that was the first reception of his life.
0: He, well, yeah, not like a first official one, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, <sighs> because he was quarterback coming into Iowa right. State, and so you you got another another six foot seven quarter or tight end. Awesome. That kid can run too. Yeah. He looks like he looked good. He's athletic. Yeah. He looks, yeah. I mean, it fits right in the Iowa state tight end mold. And then that dime, an absolute dime to Joe skates, which it just looks pretty when he throws it. But I'm going to say this, like, I'm, I'm not even going to leave breathing room. Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback <laughs> right. period. End of story. Stop it. If you have any consideration, if you have posted or think about posting or consider posting, That Hunter Deckers should be in, if at any point Brock makes a questionable decision or struggles a little bit, put your phone down, go grab a juice box, go, you know, maybe like grab, take some Halloween candy and just sit for a second and relax. Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback, no questions asked, even under any struggling circumstance, the decision-making against Kansas backups. Is much easier than decision making against anything else. Hunter Decker's ceiling is actually probably higher from a talent standpoint than Brock's is, but his floor is much, 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 much lower right now just because, again, it is Kansas backups. They weren't even expecting him to throw and they come out and throw it twice. So, again, let's. I, I, I want to praise Hunter Decker's great job. Kid came in, sl- slinging it, confident, comfortable, put it right on Joe skates beautiful ball into the wind I mean as good as you can do it but leave him on the bench (laughs) don't even think about it put the phones down well and it is uh
0: uh encouraging now that we know we've at least seen that kid you know like before we hadn't seen him so it's nice just to have have seen him get out there and throw the football and now if there ever is a scenario where you know you have to put him in the game you know like what you're getting he's he's seen some live action even if it was against Kansas backups
1: yeah so that is good uh good the east and dean got in to get a little bit of run just so potentially they could, because he's a guy that could potentially work in a little bit more because again every this year's a red shirt for everybody if they want it so it's not like burning a red shirt year which i think he's already had a red shirt year anyway but um you know it's not like burning a red shirt year so theoretically if he's you know if if saner needs a breather or charlie needs a breather or something like that and they still want to go with a three tight end set you theoretically could put easton dean in there because he's you know a, a tight end's a position that can rotate a quarterback is not a position that can rotate so uh yeah it's i thought it was cool I it was fun to get you know obviously you'd like it to have been more in the fourth quarter yeah. if i would stay have pulled their head out of their ass on special teams. I was going to say, we got to talk about the special teams. And that's okay. So special teams is same thing we talked about in week number one, same thing we talk about now. It is an attitude and effort thing. Like all it is, is I will cut my left arm off before I don't get my job done. Like it is, I need to make sure that I maintain my leverage and get to where I want to go. And leverage is if you start on this side of the ball, or unless you're deliberately twisting, if you start on one side of the ball, when the ball is tackled, you're still on that side of the ball. You just get closer to the ball carrier. They did not do that. They, in fact, violated that rule several times over. So on that kick return touchdown, and granted, yes, you know, good blocking on Kansas. Every kickoff return team is trying to block you. Duh. So you just have to understand someone's going to try and block you. You can't let them. That is your job is to not get blocked so i i I'm not super worried about that. I just think it was they were you know they were kind of like, "Ho hum, it's Kansas. We just scored a touchdown da 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 you know they're not very good. We can waltz down there and lose focus. Well, two guys end up getting pushed from the right side, two guys end up getting pushed to the left side opens up this huge crease because it's you know there's supposed to be five. Now there's only three. There's a huge opening. <laughs> and then your kicker gets in the way of Aisheem Young, who's trying to run him down. It's he would have caught him too. Of, he he would have uh, caught him. He would have. It was yeah. kind of the perfect storm of dumb that right. happened. And I think it was just like, it was 100% attention and effort. Like, you know what to do. You know how to do it. It's just a matter of doing it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not so concerned about that one just because I think it was just a lack of effort. Like, It's in a game that's – you're up – I think they just scored to go up by three touchdowns. Yeah. I think that's true. you're like, all right, we're up by three touchdowns. It's in the second quarter. We're playing Kansas. Whatever. And all of a sudden, they do something, and you're like, son of a bitch. Okay, let's go back and focus again. Well, and it's, it's one of those things where you hear people
0: talking about, like, oh, we need a special teams coordinator. We need a special teams coordinator. And I don't know that that's necessarily the answer, you know, because I, I feel like there's there's a give and take there of, okay, we're going to use a full-time staff member position for someone to coach the special teams. And, like, maybe it would make a difference. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, can the guys just do their jobs? You know, mm-hmm. like, do what you're supposed to do, and it won't matter, which they've done. Yeah. Since the since that Louisiana game, Iowa State has done a very good job on kickoffs for the most part. And, I mean, I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure that that kid Cameron Shook, I mean, his average field position after, uh, uh, after, field, after kickoffs was like the 19-yard line or something like that mm-hmm. since he had been doing it, which was for two games, basically. Mm-hmm. And then even then, uh, Eddie Agumba, who had done it for the other games, outside of that, those, that one kickoff return they gave up against Louisiana, it was like the 20, which is still five yards short of where you would be off of a, a kickoff. Or off a Mm -hmm. touchback, like they were doing a fine job, you know, Mm -hmm. and it just, it comes down to, attitude. yeah, it comes down to doing your job every time. And I don't know that adding someone to your staff or firing a full-time position member or full-time staff member to go and hire someone to coach special teams really makes that big of a difference. At the end of the day, it comes down to, can you do your job? Can you do it effectively every time?
1: Yeah. And, and they're, yeah, you got to find the right personnel that kind of take pride in it. And they probably do, and there's just a couple guys. I don't know who specifically. I, I don't remember the numbers of the people that got off leverage. The um, only person I ever see always in the mix on those plays is Roy Walling. He is this. He is a special teams superstar. Yeah, he and he takes pride in doing yeah. special teams tasks. So I, I'm sure that you know they're just going to continue to find. The, the goal is to try and find those guys that are that do take pride in doing special teams really, really well. Like, this is what I want to do regardless. Right. Um, all right.
0: Before we talk about Baylor for a couple of minutes, were there any other games that you, uh, enjoyed over the weekend? I, I personally, man, I have really enjoyed the return of big 10 football. I don't know about you, uh, but I have taken great joy in watching big 10 football each of the last two weeks. Um, just some really outstanding games, you know, uh, especially the one uh, over in Iowa city on Saturday as my dog growls at me. Huh? I can hear
1: your sarcasm. I I mean, I'm just, I
0: thought it was a great game. I I really loved the way that it ended. Uh, I thought it was an outstanding effort by the Northwestern Wildcats. Lolo,
1: Lolo, stop it. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So this is, this may come as a, a bit of a, you know, contrarian view, I don't dis, I, like, I'm not a, a Hawkeye hater in any way, um, mainly because the players, no matter where you go, you only get five years max. What does irritate me, regardless of what school it is, what university they're going to, or wherever, what does irritate me is really stupid coaching decisions because that 46 year old coach can punt this year and go, ah, I didn't do a great job, but we'll get them next year. But the guys that you just, we'll get it next year, they only have five years. You just screwed that guy out of 25% with his eligibility. It's four that you can play. You just screwed that guy out of 25% of his college career by you doing a stupid thing. And I don't know, and granted, I have not broken down film on Iowa or whatever. I have no idea what they're, conscious decision-making process is from an offensive game stand game plans standpoint, like you have a brand new quarterback, you have a stud running back and three plus future NFL offensive linemen. Why is your quarterback throwing it 50 times? What's the point? Like, what is the intention here? And also if you're going to coach a quarterback who's six foot five, get that dude's mechanics down. Because if his mechanics are not down at 6'5, his going to be a long, slow delivery. You have to f- make sure mechanics are sound and then run a game plan that makes sense. That kid should throw it 18 times a game, 25 maybe but give it to you. And this, so it just doesn't make sense. So like the, well, especially the when they had a 17 to zero lead,
0: like they were up 17, zero and still only ran the ball 17 or 18 times or whatever like, it was.
1: What? Like, I just don't understand stupid game plan decisions. Like I, again, I haven't watched film. Maybe it makes sense, but over the past 15 years, Iowa offensive game plans make absolutely no sense in what you're trying to do, what you're planning on doing. And, and sometimes it works but blind squirrel finds a nut kind of works not in the it everything totally fits together so i don't know that I, I don't dislike iowa in most senses but i can be like dude if you as the as the offensive game plan the offensive staff deserve to lose that game The offense, the Iowa's offensive players, I feel bad for, for having lost that game.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel bad for Spencer Petrus on some level because I feel like he's hung out left to dry or like left to dry, you know. And um, I mean, even like late in the game, I was just trying to watch what their, you know, route trees looked like and where their receivers are and stuff like that. More often
1: than not, it looks like he has like one person to throw it to. (laughs) It's like usually a lot of times there's like two man reads, yeah, two 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 man routes that he's trying to pick between. And the other thing that Northwestern dared him to run the ball. They said, "Run the ball! Like we're gonna (laughs) let you run the ball. We're gonna drop all these people back,
0: and if you only have two people that you can throw the football to, like you're gonna throw interceptions because there's not
1: nowhere you can go with it." Well, and the thing is, I remember um, Nathan Stanley at or at, uh, and at pro day or not pro day, uh, combine said, like when they were asking about his, you know, his coaching at Iowa, they, they talked about his timing and like his footwork to get back and drops and stuff like that. But he'd really, he mentioned to them that he had never been coached on throwing mechanics at Iowa. Well, no shit. Like it doesn't, that's not surprising when all of your players get better when they get to the pros. So I don't know that I feel bad for the kids, like for the, for the athletes that are playing there, because that offense has more talent than is what is being shown because of the dumb decision-making of the coaches. That's my, my take. And having, again, not watched film, I don't watch them near as intently as I do Iowa state or other big 12 teams, but that's, that was dumb.
0: It's just just our, it's archaic and it's like, they try too hard to try and do new things at the same time. All right. Yep. Uh, and then the other one was, that was really good. Oklahoma was Oklahoma. State, Texas. Yeah. Oklahoma state, Texas was a fantastic football game. Um, I want to say it, what I watched of the game further proved how well Anthony Johnson played, uh, against mm-hmm. the Cowboys because Tylen Wallace is a different breed, dude. Like he, he is, is a, good. he is a freak show. He is good. Yeah. And I mean, but it's a huge game, obviously, in the Big 12 race. Oklahoma State should have won that football game, though. Mm-hmm. If they we're should. being completely honest, yep, I mean, they, they got them into fourth down twice,
1: I think, on Texas's last drive. Four- but you don't, you don't win games. And you turn the ball over four times. Yeah, you don't, yeah. You don't win games. And you turn. And they were, they almost won in spite of themselves. Right. So you know, you play that game four times. Oklahoma State wins three of them as long as the only reason they hung around is to turn the ball over four times. Um, But I mean, that's what you get with Oklahoma state. I mean, it's again, gamble like Mm -hmm. offensively and defensively, they gamble. It is. We, if it pays off, it's fantastic. If it doesn't pay off, it's terrible. So that's what you get with Oklahoma state and and Texas. It it just talk about kids. You feel bad for like Sam Ellinger. What else does that guy have to do? to win games. Like, does he actually, does he also, you know, he runs, he is the leading rusher on the team. He has thrown more touchdown passes than anyone else in the conference. I think he has more passing yards than anyone in the conference. Maybe Spencer Rattler's come close to it at this point. I haven't checked the statistics today, but he's leading pass on the team, leading passing touchdowns, leading rusher, leading rushing touchdowns on the offense. And it's like, good Lord, man. Like can, can the, can Chris Ash's defense get, give him something and they right. did finally in the second half and overtime but like give him something that like he doesn't he doesn't need to be Dak Prescott for a Cowboys defense giving up 48 points like if you hold them to 30 he's going to win the game right. just so, yeah. The Ellinger. So, but the, the other thing that, like the Iowa state perspective on that is that game didn't really super matter in the sense, because Iowa state's already lost to Oklahoma state. They control their own destiny. You went out, you're in. So it, it, it was better from the big Twelve's perspective. If Oklahoma state stayed undefeated because it keeps them in that quote playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but an overtime loss to Texas is probably depending on how Texas does probably doesn't preclude you from the playoffs. It just makes it harder to get there. Um, either way, the it doesn't matter. But what, what I will say though, Texas, and, you know, mentioning that Chris Ash part, Texas's defense did look better than they have in previous weeks um, against Oklahoma State, which makes it seem like Iowa State, when they do play in Austin, that is going to be a much tougher game than if you were to play Texas in week two. So their defense has come along, and then Ellinger is a dude. Like, he is an absolute playmaker. So it's going to be – that game is going to be challenging. Um, And then the Kansas State game, it's a rivalry – Kansas State looked really bad uh, yeah. against West Virginia. I think Deuce Vaughn had what like 17 rushing yards or something like that. Yeah, dude. West Virginia's legit.
0: Yeah. On defense. Like <laughs> they, they could stop the run now. So
1: it's it it yeah. The Kansas State game looked now looks less intimidating and the Texas game looks more intimidating.
0: I have a feeling that game is gonna basically be for all the marbles. The Texas game? For the regular season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean more or less. Um, that that's going to be a huge football game. All right. Really quick before we talk about Baylor authentic brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear with an amazing team of designers. Authentic brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. Uh, I will also say, I think the possibility of Iowa state playing Oklahoma in a big 12 championship game still exists because that Mm -hmm. team is uh, turning it on. They, Mm -hmm. They figured it out. Um, but yeah, this weekend against Baylor. I mean, what are, what do you want to see? Uh, I, I think that this is another one that, you know, realistically Iowa State should probably win, relatively easily, uh, heading into
1: a, another bye week. At least in my mind. So the worst rush defense in the conference is the Kansas Jayhawks. You know, who the second worst rush defense is. I'm um, gonna guess Baylor. Baylor Bears. They average giving up 177 yards per game. Kansas averaged giving up 207 before Iowa state got to him and ran the ball for a, how many yards they run for in total? About 250 Uh, yards, huh? About 250. Yeah. 258 rushing yards against Kansas. So you're going against, you have at home in November against a Texas team, like a team from Texas uh, who gives up 180 yards rushing per game. And they just got drubbed by uh, TCU in their last week. So um, I don't know really how tight this one's going to be necessarily like, it's just one of those things that like, I don't know, they're slightly better than Kansas, not slightly. They're better than Kansas, but they're still the next worst team in the conference. And they're still trying to figure out what they want to do because they lost their entire coaching staff. So they're still trying to figure out what they do on offense. They're still trying to figure out exactly how, what, how they want to be on defense. So, I don't know. They're just not. It's not. It, this isn't going to be the greatest challenge of all time. So Iowa State just really needs to come out and again approach the game like they did the first couple drives, as opposed to kind of being like, ah, we'll get them. It's fine. Let's get into the bye week. So they just need to approach it with aggression, and they'll be fine.
0: Oh, sorry, I just sneezed. Um. Yeah. No, I. I think that. um, it, it, Texas Tech would maybe uh, be right there in that same conversation to be the second-worst team in the league, but I'd say that them and Baylor are probably right there, um, kind of in the same category. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know, man. I mean, Baylor, I think – I didn't expect them to be – good by any means or like be in that conversation at the top of the league, but they have vastly underwhelmed, I think. Uh, but it makes sense considering the number of guys that they lost from, from last year's team, losing your staff and all that kind of stuff. I'd, I'd say that Iowa State's probably in a pretty good position to where they could, they could cover that 11 point spread this weekend. Yeah,
1: so, so far, Kansas era Baylor schedule has been postponed game against Louisiana tech, postponed game against Houston, beat the hell out of Kansas lose 27, 21 to West Virginia, postpone game against Oklahoma State, lose and score 16 points against Texas, and then lose 33 to 23 in a game that probably wasn't that close. It was 30 to zero. It was 30 to zero at one point, so. Not that close. So again, you can't come in and sleepwalk like you did. If, If Iowa State plays like they did between the end of the first quarter and the middle of the third quarter, they get beat. Like Baylor is good enough if you play, if you sleepwalk out there to get beat. But if you play okay like if you play average football throughout the the majority of the game you're going to be fine so um yeah i would say just as long as they don't sleepwalk they'll be okay and just making sure that you do you do the things that you need to do to get your job done and stay locked in, you'll be fine
0: for sure all right man i'll talk to you again on friday on the Cyclone fanatic tailgate show well i guess saturday morning on the Cyclone fanatic tailgate show wait Saturday afternoon. Game's six. Yes, game's at six. Uh, Saturday afternoon, Tailgate Show presented by the Iowa Pork Producers. Um, and we will further break down Iowa State and Baylor. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.